When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, how are you doing tonight? Reed Wilkins, Kaylin Osmond bringing you inside sports. Oilers off today. Jujar Kara, two-game suspension for the cross-check to Vince Dunn. Dunn gets the maximum fine, 1900 bucks. Kaylin? Well, looking at the NHL tonight, the Penguins and Capitals are playing. It's the beginning of the second period and still no score. Though in the Canadians game against the Avalanche, there's a little bit more action halfway through the first, and Canadians are up one nothing. Canada leading Switzerland 3-1 in Victoria, early second period, a tune-up game for the World Juniors. NBA tonight, the Pacers lead the Raptors 74-59 with five minutes left in the third quarter. Oilers and Lightning is our next Oilers broadcast here on 6.30, Chad. Saturday, 6.30 face-off show, and the game will start at 8, final Oilers game before Christmas. Well, we've been having some fun tonight. You can text 630-630. A lot of questions rolling in for Caitlin. We'll get back to that uh, as we move along tonight. But we have a very special guest checking in. He is the Moyer part of Virtue and Moyer, five-time Olympic medalist, Scott Moyer. Scott, you're on with Reed and Caitlin. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. What an honor to be on here. Way to go, Kale. Thanks, Scott. It's good to talk to you. <laughs> Great to be on. Those Lightning is a good hockey team. I'm down in Tampa right now, so I've watched those guys a couple nights. They're no joke. Good luck. <laughs> that was actually going to be one of my questions. What hockey team are you cheering for? <laughs> it's tough to figure that out, but, uh, yeah, I'm a huge Leafs fan. I, know, I think a lot of people know that, but I'm just waiting for Connor McDavid and company to get things going out there. I was going to say you better cheer for some Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you, you've had the uh, honor to travel and compete across Canada for, for most of your adult life. So I'm sure you know in Edmonton how much listeners love hearing about the Toronto Maple Leafs and how good they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's a long way from the season being over. <laughs> Speaking of seasons being over, what are you up to now? That's a good question. My season is over. I'm kind of kicking it into holiday gear now, which is pretty exciting, to be honest. It was a test, and I had a, a really great 2018 and just finished that tour with you, Caitlin, the Thank You Canada Tour, which we had a lot of fun on. And now it'll be time to actually go home and enjoy Christmas with my family, try and become a contributing member of my family again. Christmas without nationals a week later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit different, but uh, more relaxing. Yeah, part of me still it will be, but it's weird. Like it, part of me still will wish that I was competing, but uh, you can't do it forever, you know. <laughs> Speaking of not doing things forever, our team—it's a great team that we have. Um, 
what do you think is the secret to the success that we actually had? And what's like being on a team with me? <laughs> oh, well, I can tell you. I saw, I've seen you grow up there. Kind of <laughs> from your first uh, national championship. And uh, it's always been an honor. We always knew for you um, that possibilities were endless. And honestly, it felt like, I imagine uh, what it felt like to be on the dream team uh, for basketball. Like, you just can't believe you're in a lineup beside people like yourself and, and Patrick Chan. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not that bad uh, of, a, of a position to be in. And to be honest, when we were, we were in uh, Pyeongchang, I think we, our team just had a special energy. And it sounds silly, it sounds cliche, but we had each other's backs, and, and that really took us a long way. And, uh, really made us unbeatable to the Russians, which is such a sweet thing to say. <laughs> oh, that, that is a sweet thing to say. You know, Scott, I, I want to ask you about the team figure skating competition because it's relatively new, and you know what it's like in this country. We talk a lot of hockey. We talk a lot of football with baseball and basketball thrown in, and, and people see figure skating as more of an individual or obviously a sport with, with two people like you and Tessa. Right. So for the team right. competition, you know, I know a lot of listeners and fans said to me, well, how do you have a team competition in figure skating? Because they're all sort of doing their own thing. Now, everybody was happy Canada got medals, don't get me wrong. But, uh, right. you know, when it was introduced, how did you see it? And how, how does a team environment work for figure skating where you are doing a lot of things separately? Well, it is an interesting concept. And we grew up in that same world as many Canadians kind of see skating as an individual sport. It took us a, a, at least one cycle to get used to it. Um, and we felt like we kind of bobbled our approach in, in Sochi with the team event. And, uh, you know, it's a great way for us as a country. I think Canada has such a rich skating history, and it's a great way for us as a country to kind of measure up against the, the other countries. Who is the best skating nation? So, um, you know, we've, they've created this event and kind of hats off to the ISU because Skating was one of those events where you only had one shot at a medal, and we welcomed the chance at another shot to compete as a team. Uh, for countries like Canada, they'd be proud and patriotic, like the curlers, like the hockey players. Um, this is a medal that I think Canadians aren't happy unless we bring home the gold. And that was kind of our mindset going in this year. We tried to use that a bit more as motivation instead of pressure. Um, but it was something that we didn't take lightly. And I think as a group... Um, it wasn't a warm-up at all. We all wanted this medal just as much as we wanted our individual medals. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, such a different feeling to compete as a team. Now, it's an interesting concept because we're never on the ice together. But we do compete as a team. And, you know, how you do directly affects the medal that your teammate's going to get. So uh, that's unusual for us. And uh, luckily, as Canadians, and like I talked about, I saw, saw Caitlin grow up in front of her my eyes and Tessa's eyes and uh, we competed with Patrick um, since we were 12 years old and Megan Duhamel and Eric Radford even younger than that and we had a special bond and I think that was that was our advantage truly and and we had that support and instead of it being the pressure of making sure that you hold up your end of the bargain for the team it, it kind of motivated us forward and, and we knew that we, we just had to go out there and give it all we had and then we'd come home with the gold. That's a great explanation. Scott Moyer joining us on Inside Sports. Caitlin Osmond is in studio here at 630 Chet in Edmonton. Scott, you, you mentioned the ages some of you started competing. Uh, Caitlin referenced, obviously, with the Olympic champion 15 in, in women's. We had a caller yeah. 
calling in and asking about that and and uh you know these these young women in figure skating they sometimes the, the careers don't go past 24 25 you're i think you're you're 31 now but you know we'll see what happens yeah. with your future it's 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 an interesting sport and it's i i don't know if now you look at do you look at the generation younger generation and say like oh my god how did i do that why are we putting the pressure on these kids how do you look at that now as a more veteran skater that, I mean, I'm happy you set that up for me because it, it's different. I mean, when I look at some young talented skaters um, in my in my event, the ice dance event, there's a French dance team. Um, they're, they're quite spectacular. They actually train in Montreal, um, and they're like 21, 22. Uh, well, they were at the last games, anyways, and and they're a special talent. I mean, it's similar to like what you see when when the first time Connor McDavid was in the NHL. You can just tell that. This talent comes around once in a in a in a hundred years, um, and I, I, I'm excited to see what they can do. On the flip side of things, actually, I think in when we look at the ladies um, and in, in Caitlin's circumstance, I think it's actually something we need to look at with the sport, with the 15 year old, with the 17 year olds that are jumping um, but not doing as much else. And I think you really need to be there live to see. Uh, Caitlin Osmond and how she skates. That's what we love about Caitlin. She goes out there, she skates as fast as the men do, she attacks every step, uh, she jumps high, and she goes for it. I mean, and that's sport. And what a great role model for women and girls across the country to look up to. And Caitlin, that's why we're so, so proud of her. Um, Patrick Shanley kind of felt the same way. And that's our sport. It's a complete package. And we want to find a way that we're rewarding the jumps, but you're also, um, you know, rewarding that full skating package. And as Canadians, we do that very well. And our role models, like Caitlin and Patrick, you have to be there live to see it. When your your hair blows pat up over your uh, head because Caitlin skated, just skated by you, you feel the difference between that and the 15-year-old President Olympic champion. But that's, I mean, that's figure skating and that's opinion. And there's always going to be opinion in a judge sport, but... Um, that's kind of my answer to that, I guess. That's amazing, and thank you so much for all that. <laughs> You've heard <laughs> a, me say that before. You've had to listen to me drone on and on about that for years. It's a great confidence boost for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with talking about all that and speaking about seeing skating live, we just finished that Thank You Canada tour that you guys started. Um, thank mm-hmm. you so much for that. That was something really special to be part of. <laughs> thank you for coming. <laughs> it would be nothing without you, girl. And that actually was one of the top comments that we heard numerous times from fans was that watching the tour live was something completely different than watching us over the TV. Um, the power, the speed, not many people can see that over the TV, and that's something that I noticed on, in hockey, too. You see the speed a lot more yeah. in in person. But what was your most memorable city on the Thank You Canada tour? Ooh, good one. Most memorable skate? City. Oh, city. Oh, boy, that's hard. I mean, because I'm on the radio in Edmonton right now, <laughs> I should I say it? <laughs> we weren't in Edmonton, like, so therefore... Yeah, but we did stop in, so you saved me there. Thank you. Um, that's a good question. I think... Well, it was there were two moments that were pretty cool, and, and Tess and I were, and Patrick as well, actually, were able to produce this tour and have a hand in kind of the route and all these different places we want to be in, some that never had skating before, 
the Grand Prairies, the Red Deer. I mean, obviously they've had skating shows before, but they don't get it as often as they should. And my two favorite memories are, are very clear. One was in Sudbury, uh, which was Megan Duhamel's hometown, uh, because the, that city just came alive for her. Um, and it was such a special homecoming energy. And then equally to that, that one was a bit unexpected, I guess. Um, but when we went to Newfoundland with you, Kale, it was pretty unbelievable to see how much that province loves you um, and how much <laughs> they love skating. And it was pretty cool to see two standing ovations in one night uh, just for coming out and singing Oh Canada. I mean, those are memories that we'll never forget. And we're very lucky to be Canadians and have the support uh, of the Canadian public. And it, it doesn't happen. There's a special connection with Canadian Olympics. Uh, with Olympics and Canadian people, and, and we felt very fortunate to always have that support our whole career, and it's the reason why we wanted to do this tour. Scott Moore from Virtue and Moore joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Scott, a couple more for you here, and th- thanks for being so generous with your time. This is a blast to have you on the show. Uh, My I, pleasure. I, I throw this one out there. Um, usually to figure skaters and curlers. Uh, I think you'll understand why when I ask the question. What's th- what's the one thing that people say about figure skating that you're just sick of people saying about figure skating? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can be honest and tell you that I'm sick of people asking if Seth and I are dating. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's more particular to, to just me, but um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is the costumes. And we're an artistic sport. I've actually grown to love that, but when I was younger, I used to, I used to hate that. All my buddies when I played hockey would all would joke that I forgot my sequence and that I had the wrong pair of skates on and um, see that's what I always got sick of hearing but I kind of grew out of that and you know I don't want to tell too many people this but uh, now I kind of like wearing the tight pants every once in a while they're great <laughs> they look good <laughs> yeah. well, thank you you've got the physique for it most of us don't so <laughs> all uh, the hours in the gym and training for sure speaking well, of which it's crazy how quick that physique can go in 8 months I mean it's been a been a long time since I was on the TV in Pyeongchang. After this Christmas season, I'll have to get back into that gym. Well, okay, so I got to ask you about that. You you gained even more fame and attention for your willingness to let loose at a women's hockey game. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you, did you enjoy that that part of it? That people saw that you're, and I think people got a sense of your personality just through your skating and and, and your interviews. But you know, the the ref heckling and, and the beer drinking. You're like, I don't care. I was out there doing it. Or were you kind of like maybe get the camera off me at that point? How did you feel about all that? A, a bit of both. Uh, this was a very special Olympics for for Tessa and I because we felt like we were more ourselves than we've ever been. I think we're a little bit older now. Um, we In our earlier Olympics, not that we were we had a facade or anything, but we just felt like we had to try our best not to let Canada down and we were nervous to do anything. And now we're a little bit older and I felt like I was able to be more myself. And, you know, me at the hockey game having a beer, I don't look great in a toque, so I guess I always look a little bit drunk than I actually am in a toque. Um, that was only my second beer, believe it or not. But I uh, I do heckle the refs a lot, and it's because I love those those girls on that team, and they they really are the cornerstone of our Olympic team. The Olympic hockey for for women's hockey is so important, and that rivalry is so heated. Um, and I just love to support them, and I know how much it means to them 
So, yeah, it was a little into the game. Uh, we kind of circled that on the calendar for a long, long time. And the only thing about that is, is that's their Olympic moment. And I'm happy to share and be there and support them, but I don't want to be on TV. And that became a bit too much for me. They were showing me after every play, and then they were showing me in the men's game, and then they were showing me on curling, and um, I kind of became a bit of a mascot. But I haven't had to buy too many beers since I got home, uh, which has been nice. But I have to... I got a lot of IOUs out there now. <laughs> well, that's a that's a great advantage, Scott. Uh, thank you so much for doing this, uh, and thanks to Caitlin for for booking a guest of this magnitude for Inside Sports. Because I don't know if I would have wrangled you otherwise, but I, I do hope uh, <laughs> we can do this uh, again and tell more stories. Uh, Canada's so proud of you. We got a lot of people on the text line uh, saying hi to you, Scott. Somebody asked if you could play defense for the Oilers, so maybe that's in your future. <laughs> but I really appreciate you coming on the show. I got stone hands, so I don't think you want me. I think the talent you have there, you'll be okay. But I appreciate you having me, and can't wait to be in Edmonton again. I hope everyone has a happy holiday. Merry Christmas, Scott. Came to you, Kay. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Scott Moyer, check it in tonight on Inside Sports. Caitlin, thank you. Yeah, that was great. got him on. Yeah. That was incredible. (laughs) Uh, 2010 and 2018 Olympic gold in ice dance. Uh, 2014 Olympic silver in ice dance, and then they got the team silver in 14, team gold in 18, and they're three-time world champions. Does that sound right? Sounds right to me. Most decorated? Are they the most decorated Canadian figure skaters ever in Olympic history? In Olympic history, mm-hmm. pretty good. I heard it every night on the tour. <laughs> <laughs> you, Scott was writing the script for that, I assume. Make sure this is the intro. <laughs> It was amazing to hear every night, and they got such an amazing applause from the entire Canadian world. So it was incredible. I, I think the one thing that I, I appreciated about Scott was, and I think regardless of the sport, and 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 you've been through. And we were talking before you came on air that you you know you're you got to be you were told to be careful what you say and stuff. I know you're loose you're loosened up tonight because we're having yeah. a good time. But you know he you never got that sense with Scott. Like you got the sense when he was being interviewed, or you saw him in reacting in the in the kiss and cry as they call it after the skate. There was never a mask with him. That like you, I, I always got the sense watching like this is this guy. I would love to meet this guy. I'd love <laughs> to talk to this guy. He's an amazing person for sure. Um, I've been talking to him at least for the last four years, <laughs> being on the Canadian team with him, and he is just absolutely incredible. Always so well spoken, and just such an amazing fun guy to be around. Scott Moore joining us on Inside Sports. Caitlin Osmond is in studio. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's 723. Some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home Southern comfort food to Edmonton, along with other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu, northchickenyeg.com. Back after the break. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 727. Uh, Taco texting 63630. Question for Caitlin. Being a successful athlete since you were a teen, I was wondering if you have ever experienced hate or jealousy from fellow schoolmates because of your success. Keep up the great work. You make Canada proud. I thankfully went to an amazing school. I went to Vivian Ridge Academy, and I never really got much hate. Also, I didn't really talk to many people, so that probably um, helped things along. Um, and my friends were also amazing. I was really lucky with my friends and the people that I went to school with, but definitely with social media, I've gotten some hate mail. 
Uh, Gord says, Caitlin has such a beautiful voice and is very well spoken. She would make a grocery list sound good. Did she study or attend any post-secondary? What does she plan to do after skating? That is from Gord. I have not done any post-secondary yet, and I've also never done any training for this, so thank you so much for saying that I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I've had a lot of training within skating, talking to media, so that's been a good help. And I'm hoping to go to post-secondary eventually. I want to get into broadcasting more, uh, maybe get a little bit better at this, maybe take over someone else's job. <laughs> yeah, like who? Someone across the the table from me. Oh. <laughs> I later Reed. Not old enough to retire. <laughs> what will I do? Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's all right. We're coming up to the seven thirty news. Caitlin, can you, can we do something here? Like what? Can you think of a trivia question about yourself? Ooh, not too hard. One. Not too hard. We're gonna give away a booster juice gift card for 50 bucks. 780-496-0063. Caitlin will ask you a trivia question about herself live on air and you'll have to answer it to get the GC. I got an idea. Yeah? Yeah. We Let's... can talk about it during the news break. We'll, okay. get, the, we'll get the contestants in a row here. Right. 780-496-0063. Great stocking stuffer. 50 bucks to Booster Juice. And more with Caitlin after the break. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Along with Caitlin Osmond, I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on 630 Ched. So in the NHL tonight, we have a lot, a little bit happening anyways. The Penguins and Capitals are tied well, 1-1 at five minutes left to the second period. Um, and things are looking good for Canadians, one nothing after the first. All right. Playing Avs? Yes. All right. Oilers Tampa Bay on Saturday, 6.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chad. The game will start at 8. Uh, Caitlin has been co-hosting tonight's show. It has been an absolute blast, and we still got half an hour to go. You having fun? I'm having so much fun. Beware. Scott, Scott Moyer's having fun. <laughs> Kelly Rudy was having fun. I hope Grant's having fun. Grant, thanks for calling in. How are you doing? Good. How about you? You want that Booster Juice gift card, eh? Sure. All right, Caitlin has a question for you. I hope you've been paying attention tonight or to Caitlin's career. Okay. How well do you know figure skating? Uh, not that well, but I have followed it for years, just not that intensely. All right. Well, my question tonight is, in the 2018 Olympics, what was my free program? What was the program called? What was it based on? Yeah. And we talked about it earlier. There was a movie of this title about six or seven years ago. Maybe longer. No, I don't. I was going to say Bolero, but that's something else. It's a color and an animal. Yep. It's a color and an animal. Sorry. All right. wasn't paying as much attention as I should have. That's okay, Grant. 780-496-0063. So we'll get other people lined up to take it. We'll get to some texts in in the meantime here. Uh, this texture says, Caitlin, Sean from Pro Skate, what was the hardest part about coming back from your injury? Uh, the hardest part might have been mentally other than physically. Uh, when I broke my leg, I was 18 years old following an Olympic year, so I was pretty exhausted. And 18 years old, a lot is going through your brain, especially if you're a girl anyways. Um, <laughs> so when I broke my leg, it took a lot out of me, and I started questioning if I wanted to skate again, and that questions had a really good hole deep in my brain so um once i've recovered physically i had to learn how to recover mentally now you did a pretty good job it took a lot longer the, the injury only took like six months the uh 
a little over six months, actually, closer to 10 months it took for the injury. Uh, mentally, it took almost two years. All right, we have John with a crack at the trivia answer. John, do you remember the question? Uh, it, it was Caitlin's dance program, and the answer is Black Swan. That yes, is correct. John. Good stuff, buddy. Now, have, have you seen Caitlin skate? You must have at some point. Uh, not recently, but I have watched figure skating in the past. Good stuff. Okay, hang on the line, and Kellen will let you know how to get the GC, all right? All right, sounds good. Thank you. That is John, $50 to Booster Juice, Black Swan. Black Swan? Indeed the answer. Mm-hmm. We we're trying Darkness. to get it to Grant. We we're really trying to get it to Grant. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> Giving him all the hints. Jamie texting in, I have two daughters, six and three. They don't skate that well, but the oldest loves figure skating and the youngest hockey. Is it too late to put her in figure skating? She really needs to learn how to skate. Are are there programs that will teach her how? Because I see girls younger than her skating so well. There's always a chance. Uh, Never too late to start skating. Never too late to enter the Can Skate program, which is the best place to possibly learn how to skate most clubs will offer it especially at the ice palace because that's where i skate and i'm a little biased kaylin do you have an endorsement deal or anyone that helps out you looking for endorsement deals i i wouldn't argue (laughs) (laughs) well there you go maybe some company can step up my biggest endorsement right now is nulo pet food oh really yeah how does that work uh mostly i get my pet food (laughs) Which is really helpful for me because at the moment there's three animals at my house. Oh, really? All yes. dogs? Two dogs and a cat. Okay. One dog is mine. The cat is mine. And I just got my parents another dog for Christmas. Oh, you're so sweet. She's so little. Excellent. James says, Caitlin, your humor and candor is refreshing. Thank I would, you. I would agree with that. All right. So we gotta. I want to ask you some stuff here. Okay. And people can still text Pressure's in or, or, or call in. 7804960063. More pressure than the uh, World Figure Skating Championship. I'm being, not sure about that. Being on Inside Sports. So, we, I, the video review discussion, we were talking about it in relation to the Oilers, but there is now video review in figure skating. There was always video review in figure skating. Like even in the 70s? Maybe not in the 70s. Okay. But definitely in, in the your, newer system. In your career. In my generation, there has been video replay. Right. So how does this work? Because it seems to me, it isn't the point that the judges should just watch it and be able to understand whether or not you're doing something correctly? How, how does this work? Well, there's so much to look at in skating. Um, every jump takes off from a different edge. Every It takes off for the topic with an edge um, but the jumps usually they can tell but sometimes they'll review if the edge took off wrong or that's what I tend to get called on sometimes um, but then the most often reviewed is actually on the finishing the rotations if you're doing a triple jump you're supposed to be doing three rotations in the air um, so they can question it if it didn't look quite right if there's snow flying up they'll review it to see if you actually finished the rotation in the air or if you finished it on the ice Okay, so they'll slow it down to they'll see if you down. completed... And you, so you have to complete all the rotations in the air and then land? Yes. Okay. If not, it's bad no-no. 
It's <laughs> a bad no no. So is, does this relate? Because I noticed this watching the Olympics this year, especially. Does this relate to the little colored lights we see in the corner of the screen? Yes, uh, I actually loved the little colored lights because it actually got me to see what the judges were reviewing in my own skate. Because often I'm just. I assume what they're going to look at. Um, but in relation to my skate, if you saw the green light go up, that means everything was good. They don't care. They they saw it clear the first time. If it turned red, they saw it clear the wrong way. Okay. And that's like if you fell or if something. If you fell, if you made an obvious like big jump forwards after you, after you did it or... Um, yeah, the fall is the main one. <laughs> um, but then when it turned yellow, it meant that it was under review. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't see the edge clearly. They didn't see the rotation clearly regarding our step sequences. They didn't see our body move enough or they missed a couple turns. Um, or in relegation to spins, we are supposed to do, be doing certain rotations. Um, and needs a question our balance. Like there's a lot of things to look at and sometimes the judges can't see it the first go around. Okay. So they'll go back and look at, I assume they slow it down. Yes. And then while you're in that kiss and cry area, you're, that's one of the things you're waiting for. Yes. Is that review to be done? Yes. It's the most stressful part of everything because everything is done and you just got to wait. Right. It's not good. Okay. So that's very detailed. Like you said, the edges, that's an incredibly detailed thing they have to watch. Yes. Okay. A lot of skating is edges. So um, you don't want to be on a straight line. How many, how many jumps are there? There's six jumps. Okay, let me see. Should I? Do you think I can name them? Uh, give it a try. All right, you got your your sal cow, uh-huh. which is spelt like sal chow. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You got your loop. Mm-hmm. And then is there also a toe loop? There is. There's a loop and a toe loop. Correct. I'm halfway there. Um, you got your lutz. Yes. You got your axle. Yep. And then there's another one, which mm-hmm. of course, as we both know, is the sixth and final jump that I haven't named yet, mm-hmm. and it is known as a, uh, as most people who follow <laughs> sports know, I, I, okay, we got a sow cow, got a loop. It's also it's, something it's, that oh, gymnasts do. There it's you go. <laughs> it's a flip. Congratulations. I got them all. There's one that definitely stands out though. Which one is it? Which jump is the biggest difference between all the others? The axle. Yes. Do you know why? Um, the axle, you skate going forward into the jump. Yes, it is the only jump you'll take off forward. And it, that means, because we always land backwards, it's the only jump with the extra half rotation. So which is, maybe this is a stupid question to ask a, uh, an Olympic figure skating medalist and a world <laughs> champion. Is there a jump that is, con- would, okay, let me put it this way. Is there a jump that would be considered in a consensus in the figure skating world or perhaps teaching younger skaters? Is there one of the six that's the most difficult? It depends on the person for sure. Uh, learning how to jump, usually people learn an axle first. Um, actually, it's considered a Walsh jump, which is the single version of a single axle. It's like half rotation. Okay. So that's the first thing that's learned, and then you learn all your singles. And then the stepping stone is the axle. It always seems that the axle is always the stepping stone to increase an extra rotation. That being said, the hardest jumps being done now is every single si- every single quad. There's five quads being done out of six. Okay. And the only quad that isn't done yet is a quad axle because you need to have that four and a half rotations. Okay. And that I think might be impossible. Okay. So again, <laughs> like I can't. Good point. So how do you? 
because we were joking around in the sports department and I was yes. like I was miming doing jumps. It was were, terrifying. And you were just like you 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 could never jump doing He would what land you're doing. on his head. Yeah. Well, I almost did just in shoes. <laughs> so how do you generate all the cuz you told me you told me like you could never swing your arms the way I was doing it, even just joking around. So how do you generate all that ability to spin and then control it to the extent that you do? Like that's to me that's the hardest thing about skating. A lot is technique and what a lot of people don't realize when they're learning how to jump anyways is that the littler movement you have, the more control you have in a jump. Which makes sense when you say it, but not make sense when you're trying it. Um so there's a lot of technique involved, and mainly you're using the power in your legs and the control in your entire upper body. So don't move anything, but use your ankle and knee power and hip power, pretty much all your power. Okay, so that's where it's all coming from. All your power with no movement. Kaylin Osmond. Which makes no sense. <laughs> well, yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense. That's a good point. Oh, it worked for you. Yeah. Kaylin Osmond here on Inside Sports. You can text 63630, phone number 780-496-0063. We're back after the break. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, Rob texting in about the Jujar Kara suspension and the Vince Dunn fine. He says intent or no intent when you inflict an attempted dirty check and they retaliate and end up getting worse than you. Uh, it has should have no bearing on the punishment. Both should have got either double minors or fives, and both should have been suspended. I don't care if the uh, dirty check initiator gets their teeth knocked out. You reap what you sow. Officiating staff were a joke on this one. And as for a league uh, trying to get rid of this garbage, they just rewarded somebody for attempting a dirty play. Rob, I, yeah, I think you make a fair point. Um, if I attempt to hurt somebody but I don't swing my stick accurately enough so they don't get hurt very bad or at all, should, should, I, should I get off the hook? What did you think of that exchange with Karen Dunn, Kayla? I completely agree with that. Um, he was just angry. If someone hit me, I'd hit back. Um, I'd probably not hit as nicely. Well, <laughs> um, you're saying you'd do more than what Kara did? No, oh, I probably okay. would not do more than that. I would probably, he probably wouldn't even realize I was there. <laughs> Uh, Fong the Happy Butcher texting in. He says, uh, hey, Reed, my concern or fear for Connor is that he may want out of Edmonton if the Oilers don't make the playoffs. He's a competitive individual, and losing is not in his DNA, and the Oilers' management doesn't seem to have a clue on how to surround the best player in the NHL. I am getting frustrated being an Oilers fan. That is from Fong the Happy Butcher, who doesn't appear to be that happy. Yeah, he's not at that least happy. when it comes to that topic. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, guys. Like, I... I I've I've been through this. Like the team's been horrible. Like there's no other. Well, what else am I harsh. supposed to say? <laughs> well, they missed the playoffs for ten years in a row. And as I always say, uh, what is it? Seven of those ten years, they they distantly missed the playoffs. Yeah. Like a couple years, they were close, and then the lockout shortened year, they hung around and then really faded hard at the end. Yeah. So I used to. Well, is Hall going to want to leave? You know, is Nuge going to want to leave? I mean, I don't know. Most most guys, when they are competitive. They, they, they want to be part of the fix, right? They, they think that they can help get it better. They don't want to be known as the guy that, well, the team that wasn't good enough team. for my standards, so I left. Mm-hmm. But I, but I understand the question. If it, you know, if it goes on and on, is it could McDavid or somebody like get frustrated? 
I mean, sure. Do I think it's imminent? Do I think it's being discussed? Well, no, I don't. I mean, what would you do in that situation? If I was the best player in the team and they weren't doing well, I would try to find a way to actually make that team better. I think going out as saying, hey, I just made this team better, um, built up their strength, built up their team. Um, I'm an individual skater, so I guess I really don't have that much say. Um, but I think that would go out as more memorable than leaving and just being a part of a good team. Right. Then just saying, oh, well, it's not my fault, so get rid of me. Yeah. That's not how you would approach it. No. Yeah. I'd probably want to in the moment. Oh, I'm sure. I'm not. Well, look, the teams know how, how they're doing. No, look, the Oilers this season, I don't know which way it's going to go. I, I think they can hang around in the playoffs. Uh, I, I Before the season, my prediction was that they would barely make the playoffs. Right now, they have the last playoff spot in the Western Conference. Now, I'm rarely right, so we'll see, we'll see if we're, they're still right uh, So don't at listen the to you. Don't, most of the time, don't listen to me okay. is good advice. But, uh, I mean, I don't think McDavid is sitting there thinking, okay, if we, don't, if we aren't this good by this point in my career, I'm going to want out of Edmonton. I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. He's young. He has lots of time. Uh, this texture says, where is it written that McDavid has to win it in his first five years? How long till Iserman won or Sackick or Anderchuk, players like that? Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. The, I do think that the given the moves Shirelli has made, he's been out-GM'd by a lot of other GMs who have built around... Um, well, I mean, there's some pretty elite players out there. I mean, I, I, if I couldn't have McDavid, I'd be happy with Line A or Matthews or, or players like that. Those teams have built better than the Oilers. Do the Oilers have the potential to be better in uh, a, a year, two, or three with some of the draft picks? Sure they do, but we've been hearing that a lot. I, I'm not going to guarantee anything. But I just think if you look isolated at this year, they're not deep enough, but they're doing okay. They're hanging around. I mean, they've already changed the coach. A lot of people wanted Todd gone, so you got your way there. Now we see how Hitch does. There's always growing pains with a new coach, too. What's your impression of Hitch from your point as an observer? Like, just watching and hearing some of his clips and how the team has played under him. I know you haven't been able to see every game because yeah, been travels. Yeah, I've been but... away a little bit. Um, but so far, everyone that I've talked to uh, seemed to be liking him. I always think that a bit of a change never hurts anyone. Some people get a little too comfortable with their own coach. Um but then there's also going to be growing pains. The coach got to learn the players, and the player got to learn the coach. I had my coach for 12 years, so wow. um, we didn't really have growing pains. <laughs> <laughs> this portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or FurnaceFamily.com. We're into the final two minutes. Uh, quickly, Peter says, Hi, Caitlin, you are doing awesome co-hosting. How much training do you do before the Olympics and the world? A lot of training. Um, I've been skating for 21 of my 23 years, and I can guarantee you all of those years have been put into my skating. Um, that being said, I train five days a week, about five to seven hours a day, wow. on and off the ice. Does it ramp up or ramp down once you're close to a big competition? We taper before every event. Okay. So in skating, we often have a competition about like once a month, about. Um, and I would have like two really good weeks of training and then slow down a little bit before I compete so that when I'm on the ice competing, I'm not exhausted. What's going on in the NHL? In the NHL, the Penguins are up 2-1 against the Capitals at the end of the second. Canadians and the Avalanche are tied uh, halfway through the second. All right. Canada up 4-3 on Switzerland early third World Junior tune-up game. 
the Raptors uh, storm back in the fourth quarter to beat the Pacers 99-96. They outscored Indiana 24-11 in the fourth quarter. Kaylin, this was an absolute pleasure to have you come in and co-host this show with me. Again, congratulations on your incredible accomplishments. Uh, I know the future, as you said earlier, is a bit of an if, but all the best, and you are welcome here absolutely anytime you want. Thank you so much for having me, and I might take you up on that offer. And have a great Christmas. Thank you, you too. That is Kaylin Osmond, reigning ladies world figure skating champion. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is the studio producer. We'll be back tomorrow, and of course, our next Oilers broadcast is Saturday night. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.